0: though, he wasn't really speaking, he was kind of like meeting the society where they were, and I'm going to have to side with George on this one, only because, um, alright, so women can't be teachers, that's in the Bible, I think that can be confusing, because it doesn't give more, well, because of the society we live in today, for you futuristic people, you know. Don't hold back women from ministry. You know, you look at people in our church that I couldn't, I wouldn't be half the Christian I was today without them. You know, like looking at them and and how um, passionate they are and knowledgeable they are in the Bible, it it inspires me. So um, I think a lot of people today still hold on to that Mm -hmm. as gospel and say women should not be priests or pastors. And, And to me that is well, yeah. why? God yeah, yeah. God never really said that. Paul said that.
1: Exactly. Uh, well, that's well, my true. point. What if that wasn't made into canon? Yeah. What if that didn't get the vote?
2: It's actually not in canon, though. For for example... Uh, if, Paul's books? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is as law. Uh, if you look at the Eastern Orthodox Church, for example, people are like, well, how come the teachers are always male across the, the higher grades of the Orthodox Church? Somebody posed that question to them, and they said, "To be honest, it's just cultural. We have no teaching against it. Technically, a woman could step up and be a teacher. They just haven't." So, I mean, honestly,
1: I know in our denomination, it's not allowed. They it, but...
2: even they they even in the oldest Christian denomination, they just simply said it's just been culture.
3: There's they, but if, What would would happen if somebody made the attempt to
2: honestly? I don't think they'd be opposed. In fact, if you look at some of the prominent people in the Orthodox Church who are re, who are creating great literature and videos, like uh uh oh, what's her name? Uh Frederica Matthew Green. Uh she's created numerous books and she teaches full courses. Um, obviously female. Because her name's Frederica, <laughs> so right, um, and and she's a great teacher in the Orthodox Church.
3: You just can't be a senior.
2: Um, she's doing a great service to it, and 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 that's in an area where traditionally that has been filled by males, but they've fully said it's just simply because it's called a cultural thing. There's there's no mandate against it.
0: Yeah. But I know in our church there is a mandate against it. You can't even be an elder. Yeah. It's
2: can't be an elder. Yeah. Right. you can be on the board to elect an elder, though. That's the Western idea, taking it too far again. That's,
4: Agreed. That's, Agreed. Uh, yeah, I dis- it's dis- dispensational. So that's, yes. where we, <laughs> <the> <laughs> right. that's where we. The damned word. Right, and that's we. to be on you know, the same we page. Do, <laughs>
0: you know, we make mistakes that push people away and make people question what shouldn't be there. You know. Yeah. And I think that those are the sins of the past that are still yeah. plaguing us. To
1: yeah, and it's unfair because I think it pits a lot of uh, pastors who feel like, man, there should be women who are doing my yeah. job, uh, and I wish, you know, they could be. Yeah. A lot of them, I know personally firsthand, that uh, wish that was the case, Yeah, you know, and I think it's until they start speaking up, um, a, a woman's voice won't get heard in that area.
0: My only thing is, you know, it would have to be, it, it could be tough because, you know, women could kind of push a lot of men to their, their lazy habits. So I do think maybe, you know, men need to men need to step up a little bit and, and be those leaders in a church. And I think some of this helps support that a little bit, you know, like sort of like a crutch, not saying that it should be, yeah. but maybe it is a blessing in disguise in a way, just uh, kind of shooting from both sides of the
1: fence. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too worried about our stake on the leadership, though.
0: No, well, I'm not personally, but I am worried about our stake as, as men. And when I look around as, at other fathers that are failing, you know, at, at standards of, of raising family because they're so submissive.
1: If if I'm looking at organized religion, I feel like we're the last organization or whatever we want to call it, construct in human life that's catching up to that, you know, because they're, you know what? I, I sympathize with the hashtag me, you know, or mm-hmm. women empowerment or feminist movement and all that. But there are a lot of women in high places.
2: Oh, no, you no know? doubt. Like
1: at Oprah. No doubt.
2: Exactly. Powerful. Like an Oprah.
1: Influential. Yeah. Uh, the presidency doesn't even, you know, matter to her. It's like, yeah, that's just not for me.
2: She could pretty much tell the president. But you know to what? Do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, the fact that she could even just like wave it off like that. You know what I mean? Look at the uh the lady from uh, I think it's Amazon. Uh, I know not Jeff Bezos, I know he owns it, but there's a the woman under him mm. pretty much runs the ship. Yeah. You know, and there's so many other powerful women out there. Pepsi, the the woman's a CEO. The CEO of uh,
3: he is a woman. Yahoo. Yeah.
2: Right. Yahoo's ran the by the most Mar-
3: powerful woman banker in America.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Marissa, yeah, Marissa Mayer, she runs Yahoo.
1: So if, if yeah. we're looking at this outside of religion, now we come to religion, and it's not like that. I feel like we're we're kind of catching up to the times, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, we don't want to quite relinquish that, just yet. <laughs> at least if you're den- denominational. <laughs> yeah, uh, not even in the Orthodox Church. I, I don't know any Orthodox women that who. Uh, Once
2: again, there there are there are several popping up. Frederica Matthew Greens is one of a them. A priest. Um, she she's chosen not to go into uh, ministry itself. Hmm. She's on the teaching end of it, and she teaches full courses and writes books. And obvious, honestly, she's probably far more influential in her current position. Like. I don't even know who her husband is, but I know who she is.
1: That's true. You know what? That's a good point. You know what? That's a great point, actually, because you know when my wife and I have this conversation, I'm like Jen. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said her name. I'll edit that out. There was there was no Jen here. Jen um, who? You know, at, <laughs> at some point, I'm like, why even fight so hard to rehabilitate something you don't believe in? You know. And maybe maybe yeah. that's a question that might feel relevant to you. Why even fight so hard to rehabilitate that? Yeah. You know, to change it for for to what end? Right. You know what I mean? How far are you going to keep saying that? And what is equal? Yeah. What does equal look like for women?
2: I mean, the only reason why I know who her husband is because she talked about him.
1: I mean, <laughs> yes. if I you know, in terms of woman power, if I were to have this talk with Oprah, I mean, I don't know. She was she would probably look at me like, what are you talking about, Equal? Like, get out of my face. (laughs) Like, yeah, I didn't schedule you in. (laughs) All right. You know, so, I mean, at what point do women in the church want to keep fighting this to rehabilitate something that was always patriarchal? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Why? it's It's a good point. It's a good point.
2: Yeah,
0: because I don't yeah. think anybody's assuming you're speaking for every situation. And yeah. Every I'm, yeah, I mean, there, yeah. Are, there are very faithful people in our church who know that they could never be a leader, but they're leaders in so many other ways, and it's not offensive to them. So that's just not a battle they're willing to carry that flag for, and I think that's, that's
1: respectable. But I do know a handful of women, and I again, I will not say names out of respect for their privacy, who was... uh. Blindsided by the fact that they couldn't get the same certificate at the end of a certain program that people really? were going to get because she was female. She didn't know that till it was close to the end of the program. Yeah, that's embarrassing. That's a little yeah. Wow. And it hurt. I didn't know about that. Oh, I can imagine. It legitimately hurts, yeah. you know, because wow. of Paul's sayings.
0: So, yeah, so that's what I asked like, here Ooh. at this table, what do we do about this? So we learn we're part of this church. We go, oh, I, I wasn't aware you know so that's something I think we should probably Ooh. mention at that point we can advocate oh. you know for gender equality in this case you know something I believe in so do we just say oh it sucks for you sorry to hear about your mic or we actually I think
1: it should be addressed
0: Yeah, I, I agree
1: well uh, meeting and in committee this person's know, defense addressed she has no problem speaking up for herself she just felt like oh wow that I wish that was made known to me at the beginning yeah that kind she, of thing.
0: Hopefully she's not feeling like she's alone.
1: But I guess my question again to women is, overall in the big picture, how far do you want to go to rehabilitate something that's not going to change? True, and we Hasn't appreciate... Hasn't changed in 2,000 years. We encourage well, you,
2: you hold on, hold on. Let's back that up a second. All right, we have a very young denomination, so... Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, Let's <say> 50 <laughs> years. Let's say 50, 60 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, arguably the... The uh, uh, CMA has been around for what maybe maybe a hundred years, yeah, yeah that's fair. Ish, About hundred years. 1880s, I think it started, right? So, so we're really not talking about two thousand years here. We're really talking about maybe a hundred years in this. So, you know, I think these are very inclusive
0: topics, and we encourage our listeners to add comments to our, our blog
2: or no, our yeah, absolutely, as well. absolutely, or or our Facebook page, or mm-hmm. you know, comment, you know, in our Twitter feed. So yeah, definitely. Uh, Instagram, we'll post stuff. So, um, let's enter into uh, a topic that George loves. Love it. Uh, homosexuality in the church. Can of worms. Go.
4: Is that, what, what was? I thought. Uh, what was my exact <laughs> question? I thought I had a pretty good question, though.
2: You had a fairly good question. Uh, it involved um, fabric. <laughs> it was a good question. But here's here's the problem with that question. So you said people observing different fabrics for their clothing yet not acknowledging gays in church. However, that's in the Levitical laws and those are no longer acknowledged by Christians. So
4: Wait, say that again? You lost the, me.
2: Well, the, the specific...
4: I feel like the fabric piece, right? Okay, just to yeah, clarify that, this, right? That's a the, Levitical law. man shouldn't law. lay with another man, and then like two paragraphs later, it talks about how we should also not wear clothes that are two different fabrics, right?
2: <laughs> right, like, like you know, jeans and a, and a uh, polyester way shirt. Either way, right, it's right. dumb.
4: Stupid, whoever wrote that. Um, so why are we all up in arms about homosexuality? But we're not, like, trying to make laws to prevent people from selling shirts with two different fabrics on them. <laughs> so.
1: It's like, a, why? There are two
4: paragraphs it's from a, each a, other. Why are we all fired up about one? It's and a great we're, question. We're, we're, it's a great question. Uh,
2: but yeah. but, but I, unless, unless you were an ultra-Orthodox Jew or in the Old Testament. It was in the
4: Bible you gave me.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that's also Old Testament. That's never brought up. From the new covenant forward, because we don't we don't abide by the old covenant. So, different fabrics are not even a consideration for Christians. That's a Jewish thing, not a Christian thing. Yeah. So, could you, you explain it? You're a dad.
3: You got young kids. So, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a, we to learn this quick. <laughs> yeah, unless
2: you're a Talmudic Jew, this does not apply to you. See, it even rhymes, so you can remember that next time. No, Unless you're no, talking you me too, it does not apply to you. See?
1: Isn't that a bumper sticker?
0: I've seen it. Ah. <laughs> we'll have those for sale next week. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, no, no. Yeah. No, that's going to be a sticker on okay, our, on so our now website. you got the second can of
3: worms to uh, attack.
2: So, okay, so now we're going to branch out into homosexuality in the Christian church we're gonna make this kind of brief because this could easily be a two hour show
3: on this. Right. <laughs> I think it's a 2 so, hour show is planned, whoa.
2: isn't it? What's that? I think we have it planned, don't we? We do in the future. So we're gonna make this one kind of sort of brief. Um in Catholicism they did kind of address this. So if you go in, it says right here in nineteen eighty A Roman Catholic priest, Father John Harvey, along with Franciscans, Friar Benedict Groschel, CFR, formed the Courage Apostolate for people who wanted to live a Catholic spiritual chaste life in fellowship, truth, and love, but had same-sex attractions. The Courage website reports that over 1,500 persons are involved in 111 chapters around the world. The chapters are self-supporting and exist with the permission of the diocesan bishop. The solitary aim of the apostolic is to help individuals gain a greater understanding and appreciation of the church's teaching, especially in the area of chastity. The website lists five goals that were created by the founding members that are read at the start of each meeting. Each member is called to practice in daily life. They are 1. Chastity live chaste lives in accordance with the Roman Catholic Church's teaching homosexuality. Two, prayer and dedication. Three, fellowship. Four, support. And five, good example. I didn't read all of the explanations for each one, but more or less each one of those examples is to live a good Catholic chaste life so that, that we don't fall into temptation and live outside the bounds of, that the Roman Catholic Church has allotted for people individually.
4: Go. Meet just right after yeah, all day. Yeah, go, go. go, 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 yeah, go, yep. go, go, go. Just, go. just go, 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 go. <laughs> go. Um, right. Um, I, I don't know. Again, a lot to digest. I'm just I'm just going to go for it and just say they're not hurting anybody. Let them get married. <laughs>
2: they're not hurting anybody. Did you just miss everything I just read? that's not true
4: though I know like what you're trying to do is you're trying to uh, you're making it sound like you're trying to head in that direction but that's not where we're at right now
2: no what they're doing on this is trying to live very competent sacramental lives in holy fellowship with God more or less living in the secular world as monks and nuns of the Christian church
4: So what you're saying is that is these, they feel these been... groups of gays are living these secular lives as monks and whatever in the church.
2: They, they've chose in their lives to live a higher calling in their life rather than just simply submit themselves to a standard secular lifestyle. They've chosen I don't, know, chosen what you, I don't to, know what's there
4: to, for me to debate there. They've Good chosen
2: to rise above their individual passions to try to submit to a higher calling.
4: Oh. So okay. So they're trying to suppress what they're feeling so they can live a more Catholic lifestyle. Is that where you're getting at? Yes. Yeah, I disagree. Let them be them. Let let love is love, man. But they're not hurting anybody.
2: Not saying they are. Right?
4: So,
3: so the question is this: Okay, so if you look at the, the, um, is, you're talking about marriage, so so you can look at it from a secular point of view, where marriage through a government, or marriage through a church. Church standard says, can't, and the church be allowed to say no. However, with the government. Is already.
4: They got their hands in there and got it all dirty.
3: They got it all dirty, I but, agree they with you say, there. but they say, but they say, if if the government says you you can get married, so you can go to the Justice of Peace and get married, and it's legal tender. Right. Right. But it's not acknowledged by the church. Right. And and why should it? Because they're not a member of the church anyway.
4: when you come at it from that, I get what you're saying. And one, I always, I kind of always had this thought in the back of my mind that like really the government should just stay out of marriage anyway. Um,
3: Mm -hmm. But. agree.
4: And that way everyone could just, you know, yeah. Right, then we could all be happy getting married underneath our own terms. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I think I disagree with the church. I think uh, gay should be allowed to get married. Um, And again, I'm just going back where I'm looking at there's uh, by allowing that we're just allowing more love. We're not. No one's getting hurt. No one's getting hurt. So I I think it should be allowed, and I think it's just something I disagree with the church about. I guess. Okay. No one's getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, I I, <laughs> I think
0: there's a chance that people can not fulfill their potential. So <clears throat> putting certain guidelines on my life helps me get more out of me than. Than not having these guidelines, having these these rules and regulations, you know. So I I can't speak, you know, because I I have certain certain beliefs. So I take what the Bible goes, and I and I kind of do my best as a human to understand maybe what God is going for here. But I, I do know a lot of homosexual couples who aren't happy, and I know Ooh. marriage didn't give me happiness. Am I happy? with my spouse, yes, but it's not because of that. And when I read Paul, it does give me food for thought to say I was never really taught that not having marriage was an option. I do think this forces us to think, what are the options? If I'm attracted to the same sex, does it absolutely mean I have to you know, try to pursue this? No, not necessarily, there could be another calling. If I'm attracted to, and not to say this is it, but there are certain things where you have to say, No, my attraction's immoral or my attraction is not a good thing and I mean I, I'm attracted to a lot of stuff and I shouldn't partake in it all and, and so at that point there is a line somewhere that has to be drawn.
4: Right. I just don't think it's um I don't think it has to be with uh with gender. I agree. A line has to be drawn somewhere, and you know, I think we could probably find similar things where agree on like age right <laughs> you know and that's that you know how that's changed over time or whatever but uh again I don't know I I just we're not when I when I talk about homosexuality in the Bible it's just it's not hurting anybody there's there's not no one's getting hurt it, it's not you know those those homosexual couples do not affect us in any other way we're just allowing them to be happy and we're allowing them to have you know a certain um, we're letting their love be represented through marriage, and I think that's fine. I don't know. I just disagree what by if, not allowing them.
0: What if let's let's use <clears throat> attention deficit disorder? Okay, it's a very common thing now, <laughs> and I think a lot <laughs> of us forty and up probably had it, and it just wasn't a thing. If you look at a lot of this, and there's so different, so you can't take one and say it's the same. But it's like it's almost a superpower in certain areas where you can you can folk you can hyper focus on one thing, and you can tune everything else out. And that's one form of this attention deficit disorder. <clears throat> well, you give someone a drug and take that away from them, and now they're more normal, so the parents can now understand and work with the child better. But you're almost taking this this n- ability that he, they were created with away. So <clears throat> for me, I always looked at, you know, Jesus spoke about, um, what's it called, the, the servants that were men that worked with, uh, like, Royal women. Oh, well, eunuchs, current, eunuch, eunuchs. eunuchs. So yeah. Jesus used the term eunuchs. Well, I always thought, like, well, what if, what if that is homosexual men at that point? Because he says God creates eunuchs. Well, God doesn't create a eunuch literally. But if you're not interested in a woman, but yet you have this 40% more muscle mass just because you're a man, you can be more protective. You're safer around women. What if there is a superpower? <laughs> because... I get stupid around attractive women. <laughs> you know other people wouldn't, you know, so I, I just say i can't I can't say that, hey, your thought of happiness will actually get you to your potential. You might not know what I don't know what will make me happy, but if I seek God and trust God, potentially I'll be even more happier than I could even imagine. So that's my only caution there I'm, i i I don't have a rigid stance um.
3: Add something to that, uh, and I don't want to get off the subject, but when you mentioned eunuchs, mm-hmm. I thought eunuchs was males that were castrated.
0: Yeah, exactly. So God didn't castrate mm-hmm. someone, uh, but...
2: Right. That's actually a misconception. Okay. Okay. Eunuchs are, are not always made eunuchs. Sometimes they were simply volunteers. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> in fact, that's true. That's true. Eunuchs were not always made eunuchs.
1: You may be right. I don't
2: know any man. I can pull. Eh. Up, I can pull up historical context for that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you could. Uh, yeah, Eunuchs. Not us. Eunuchs, not were, us. eunuchs were not always <laughs> physically
2: made to be eunuchs. I sometimes they were just simply people who were allotted by the king to be over specific, like say harems and stuff like that. It does.
3: It does not mean that they were castrated. Uh, in, and in addition to fast forwarding to modern day slavery for those who worked the for the uh, slaves who worked in the big house, that was another thing. They usually were castrated males so. mm-hmm. but anyway, that was just my two cents on that no, no brought up, but.
1: well George I agree with you I don't think that you know the state should really have that much control over marriage in general uh, they're, money, they're,
4: money 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 yeah it,
1: a lot of it is there's so many other factors, and just one I don't think you can. You know, going back to the uh, issue of homosexuality, though, right? you can't legislate those types of things any more than we can legislate morality. You know what I mean? That is tough. It, I think you make a good point. Nobody's hurting things. anybody. But on the other on, on the other hand, I don't understand why a homosexual couple would want to adhere to. The same Christian values that they're trying to fight against.
2: Yeah. Okay, so because, I have a parlay into that,
3: but go ahead. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's baffling no. to me. Like, all right, you know that historically speaking, the Bible's against homosexuality, but yet you you want to adhere to its rules of being married,
4: right? I, no, I'm, I think I'm fine with. It. I think I get it. I mean, I I do think there is a, uh, um, I think there is a uh, desire. That, you know, again, like, right? I'm not. I don't know. Like, I'm. I'm the uh, skeptic, the agnostic here, mm-hmm. and I'm. A, I'm right. I'm abiding to your Christian rules of marriage. There's there's something to it. Like, I want to be. That's a good point. Yeah. I want to. Uh, you know, I want to be. I want me and my partner to be represented. You know, I what? want us to mm-hmm. be oh. binded, and have that kind of confirmed unity. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's a beautiful thing. Right. We're all married here, right? So.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good point. You know, there's sometimes my wife and I talk, and we're like, man, I wish we were legally separated because we'd make more money in taxes. <laughs> right. You <laughs> but know, you couldn't um, visit her. Uh, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> now,
4: right.
1: what, what would change for our relationship if, if it was just a legal issue? Yeah, right. Nothing.
2: Nothing. I see what you're saying. But to change a, a little bit from that, even Paul goes forth and says that it is better for a man spiritually to be by himself and so if you can a if you' let's ceremonies. say if your wife passes away it is easier for you as a man to dive into strict spirituality if you are by yourself. So, because then you can focus 100% on God's holiness and the life you are supposed to live rather than trying to separate that between you and your wife. Because Uh, once you bring your wife into it, now you have to give her part of your attention.
3: mm -hmm. And if you're not on the equally yoked. Right. And God's and like worship me. Worship me. Trying to teach to worship
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: worship God, me now.
1: God forbid. Well, you know what? That's this is where Paul and I separate in part ways. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's okay for, you know, Christians to say, Yeah, you know what? Some things with Paul I don't agree with. Yeah. And this is one issue where I'm I, like, you know what, you don't hold that much authority with me on marriage. Yeah. Personally. I don't confer that all authority is conferred. There's no authority unless you confer it. Yeah. So I don't confer that authority cuz man never had a relationship. I don't know any historical document outside of the Bible that proves he had a relationship with a woman. And if he did, then I would apologize and say, "Hey, you know what? Yeah, this man's got some weight behind it. He knows exp- he, he knows what it's like to be in a marriage. He knows what it's like to have struggles." Right. But I I don't and, know that. And
2: that's where I think we should take the rest of this particular question and just simply submit this to an entire episode yeah yeah i feel like that but i did have one thought that was waiting my turn no no go ahead go ahead
0: Um, so i would i i understand what you said gumby but i would say paul was accurate in his statement um i saw you nodding as as well and um a lot of times i've never experienced anger outside of what can be created in marriage you know, and and there are times where I'm distracted in my walk with God because of of this obligation and family. You know, Jesus didn't have kids, and and sometimes I I think that's why. You know, God didn't put him in it with family. So I'm sorry for stealing any of the show's thunder, but um, I do think there's some merit to that. And and as far as the divorce rates and numbers support that, like people aren't finding happiness in marriage. Maybe you find a, a, a spiritual companion, and, and a lot of others do. I don't think Paul's speaking for everybody. I'm not
1: speaking legally marriage. I'm not speaking about that. Yeah, I'm no, about, I'm
0: talking about committing, like what Paul's talking about. I don't think he was talking legally marriage. Yeah. Like he was saying, look, don't get distracted here. If you can focus on God, I think that's could be better. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I do think this is a part of our options set. As kids, we're never introduced to. We're always saying, "Your guy." Go, you know, pick a girl, pick a cute girl, or go to the convenience store with the, the cute register worker. You know, you, you're always kind of being pushed into so this where you relationship. you find them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do agree with that. But this was never an option growing up. You know?
1: I do agree with that. I just think Paul's limited to his own experience. Yeah. He could only could think be. that way. It could be. It could be. But I would like to
2: explore yeah. that because this is a great subject. I would like to get an entire episode for this subject. Yeah. So, but I would I would like to say this though. The thought that the homosexual is excluded from churches is a huge myth.
1: Oh, absolutely. Let's no. shoot
2: over to Wikipedia here and you'll see there are over 50 denominations that include LGBT rights in their churches. Mm. Right here, it says Wikipedia lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender affirming Christian denominations are Christian denominations that do not consider homosexual, transgender to be sins. Mm-mm. So they, there's a large list, if you go to their Wikipedia page, of churches that affirm LGBT
1: rights. And so some
3: large denominations. Huge. And
1: it's I personally so, know of a, um, a woman singer that I love her music, loved it for so long, a worship uh, leader. I won't say her name, um, but it is public information. Well, I guess I can if it's public, right? Yeah, I mean, she, absolutely. Uh, Vicky Beeching. For the longest time, uh, she led worship. She put all these albums out. Great worship leader. We used a lot of her music in church. Uh, out of the blue, she confessed that she was openly you know, uh, gay. And then the evangelical outpour was like, well, you know what it was all we know is like, well, how can you do that? You know, you know, Solomon Gomorrah. The Bible says this, this, and that. You know, so what are you going to do now, Vicky? What What are you going to do now? You're obviously going to, re- you know, leave the church. And she's like, no, I actually want to be a theologian. She's going to school and she's still furthering it. And her particular denomination, I can't remember what it is. I want to say it's something like Methodist or Presbyterian.
2: Probably one of the ones on Wikipedia.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, they're not kicking her out. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, I hate to say, it, but a lot of the times it comes from the evangelical West that is so quick to want to throw them in the yeah under the bus.
2: So I mean, there there is, and that, that's why we're going to tackle this subject in a future it's episode a big subject, because yeah. it's a huge yeah. subject. And uh, I'm not going to completely condemn everybody. I'm not going to completely support anybody. I'm going to wait until a future episode we can really cover this topic you know, as an entire topic for at least an hour, maybe two. And part so two can, is
0: mixing fabrics, right?
2: We're going to try that. <laughs> we're going to try that. I really think that cotton and polyester can blend well. Cheap shot, man. Don't do <laughs> it, though. Cheap shot. Hey, it's your Bible, not mine. You're
4: <laughs> acting like I pulled it out of nowhere.
2: It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> everybody's Bible, George. It's your Bible life. <laughs> so, so we're going to save the uh, this topic for a future podcast near near future, I'd like to do it sooner than later, okay um, but we're gonna take this in soon as a full podcast by itself. We are going to head to his last question, and this goes to Sodom and Gomorrah, oh boy
1: <laughs> send it on a high note, huh.
2: I want to remind you of something you already know very well. The Lord who once saved a people out of Egypt, later destroyed those who didn't maintain their faith. I remind you too of the angels who didn't keep their position of authority but deserted their own home. The Lord has kept them in eternal chains and the underworld until the judgment of the great day. In the same way, Sodom and Gomorrah and neighboring towns practiced immoral sexual relations and pursued other sexual urges. By undergoing the punishment of eternal fire, they serve as a warning. Now, that's from the book of Jude. All right, Jude is only one chapter, so I'm not going to tell you which chapter it is. <laughs> but that is the book of Jude. This is in the
3: Old Testament as well, right? No, it's not. It's in the New Testament. No, 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 it's not.
2: But the reason why I bring this up is because it is the source in the New Testament that connects the New Testament to the Old Testament. Okay? Everybody is always like, hey, how come God rained fire down on Sodom and Gomorrah? And that was a good question. This is why I saved this for last, because this one's a little complicated. Okay. And you're like, you had two questions on this one. You said... Uh, how come they wanted to do away with the city because of quote unquote homosexuality, and how come because of children and such in that city could God rain fire down upon it? Yeah,
4: and I have more okay. questions on that too. Why did he send a, uh, Why did he send the angels down to investigate when he already knows he's God? Okay. Um, why did they want to give up his daughter to the? Remember, he's like, don't kill these angels.
2: Here, take my daughter. I hate to say it, but that's the easiest part of the question. Go ahead.
4: And, and, uh, so that, and then, oh, I just think it's ridiculous. For no reason, the, the mom turns around
2: and turns to salt. Okay. So let's start with the daughters. Okay. <laughs> so on the daughters' side of it, that has nothing to do with God. Uh, that actually has to do with Semitic culture. That has nothing to do with God. Um, In Semitic culture, if you brought guests under your wing, and remember, this has nothing to do with God. (laughs) In Semitic culture, if you bring people under your wing, you have assigned yourself as their protector, even if that means putting your family members in danger because you have allotted yourself as the protector of the people you brought under your roof. That has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with ancient Semitic culture. So that is I mean, unless you want to confront
1: Semitic culture
0: <laughs> Which I will confront with you, because that one drives me crazy.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> but you but you can, 'cause then that's cause being anti Semitic, isn't it? Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> let's Oh, I'm sorry. Let's <laughs> tackle that in a that's different the, episode. That's the third too. beer topic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So that actually has nothing to do with any laws that God put forward at all.
1: Okay, so that's
2: the easiest part of that to solve.
1: George, okay. I have such an issue with that one too, man. I, I, I agree. Good, bro. I
2: agree. I have three daughters. So trust me, I, I take huge issue with that. but But we can't blame God or even the laws God set forward on that because none of that parlays into the culture that it comes from. That is strictly culture. So there's nothing we can pull, pull into that.
1: Okay. okay, well, just to sidechain that, though, but does culture sometimes use God as the justification for their own
2: laws? Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh-huh. 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 Anyway, yeah, there are certain parts of the United States where they claim... Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Un-American. <laughs> yeah, yeah wait, take parts of Salt Lake City. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> um, Now... Next part of that question, Um, pillar of salt, once again, all we can say is that God gave all of them a warning. One of them disobeyed. It's kind of arbitrary, ain't it? it? See, once again, we don't know what caused it. We don't know what manner of fire God rained down. Was it some kind of weird particle accelerator? I don't know. But whatever he used, he told them not to turn around, and she did. I have a feeling it could be because of whatever kind of substance or technology, whatever he used, it probably had to do with whatever he sent down. I cannot verify that because I wasn't there.
1: Is this another polemic thing?
2: Mm. No, 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 this is just whatever he sent down, he told them not to look. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, that's kind of just
4: a weird arbitrary One
2: lady turned around and looked at it, and she turned it to a quote-unquote pillar of salt. That's
1: interesting. I guess what I'm asking is, outside the Bible, is there any other historical evidence, you know, did a huge volcano explode at that time?
2: No, what I will say is that there actually is, if you look at the, uh, there actually is a place where they know Sodom and Gomorrah was. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, up on the hill there still is a small pillar of salt in the shape of what's quote unquote a human. So is that?
4: Stop.
1: There is, there is,
2: there is.
4: It
1: won't
2: last that long. It shouldn't. It really shouldn't. But according to legend (laughs) So But again I won't say it is, but but, according to legend.
4: (laughs) But why if you're God all powerful, why even make that why even play that game? Why even make that roll? Ah,
2: now we well, enter well, into the fun part. Okay, so Thanks, George. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna burn this place down, but don't look at it. I just wanna I just wanna test you out here. Once again, whatever technology we use, we don't know. But let's let's go into the reason why that happened. Okay? This is the far more interesting part. Right. Far more interesting part. So if you go to the Genesis six account, okay. It says that there were sons of God, okay, that mixed with the daughters of men, and they created these Nephilim giants because of the mixing of humans and angelic DNA, all right? Right in Genesis 6. What's interesting is it's not just the Bible talks about this. Quote, In Mesopotamian religion, divine beings known as Apkalu, are a central focus of the Mesopotamia region's, i oh, sorry, version of the flood story. The Apkalu were dispensers of divine knowledge to humanity. They get credited with teaching the people of Mesopotamia what they needed to know to establish human civilization. When the great gods decided humans were too noisy and irritating and needed to be wiped out, the Apkalu came with a plan to preserve the human knowledge humanity would need. They fathered children with human women. Sure enough, The plan worked, as the quasi-divine humans who survived the Flood, also known as Apkalu, rebuilt civilization. They were the mighty ones whose wisdom and exploits led to the greatness of cities like Babylon. Those second-generation Apkalu were not only divine-human hybrids, but they were also described as giants in the Mesopotamian Epics. Gilgamesh is perhaps the most familiar example. He is called the Lord of the Apkalu in a cuneiform inscription on a small clay seal. So, across all of Mesopotamia, they have the knowledge of the Apkalu, or watchers, as they're called, inside the Bible. What's interesting is that if you get to Sodom and Gomorrah, and you go back to that verse I just showed you in Jude, it shows that it has nothing to do with homosexuality. It's because they knew that they were divine beings and they wanted to have sexual relations with them showing that the people of Sodom and Gomorrah knew and probably were having sexual relations with the fallen angels which means that their seed was already tainted just as the Genesis giants had shown previously. So it's very interesting to show that this all took place and all coincides with the same stories. So, the reason why God rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah was because of the demon seed and the human hybrids that were being caused during that time period. Okay. So, was there anybody... So, no one was innocent. God said... Yahweh said during that time period that if they could find innocent people, they would spare the city. If you go back and read the entire story, He said, if you could find ten righteous, would you spare the city? And He said, I will spare the city. Nobody was found who was righteous. In other words, nobody's seed was found who was clean.
4: There was no babies that were like free of sin?
2: And they could have been hybrid. They could have been part donkey. They could have been part donkey. You never know, (laughs) George. Now, uh, now what's weird is what what Gumby just said is actually not (laughs) far-fetched. Because if you go back to the lost chapter of the Book of Enoch, the Book of the Giants, it does say that even the fowl and the animals of the air were corrupted and birthed monsters when the Watchers had relations with them and birthed monsters. So really what Gumby's saying actually go coincides with the lore of that time. I was thinking C.S.
1: Lewis, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, you know, if I'm being honest, completely honest, the whole Fallen Angels, Watchers thing, and that being the reason why there is so much genocide, let's call it what it is, any other time period, anything today we'd call that genocide. It's true. Uh it's it's the last piece that I'm clinging on to not completely want to disregard all of the old testament and just say, you know what? I'm done with it. I am done with it. It's too much violence, there's too much land grabbing, there's too much I guess it's not raping, I don't I don't know what it is, uh whatever we wanna call it. Um there's just too much of that going on, for me, to not want to let it go. So the last thing that I cling to, that I want to cling to, I maybe the question is why do I want to cling to that? I don't know. Is that maybe there was some kind of crazy evil demonic seed that was trying to be wiped out? It's you know it, it's pretty coincidental that that your enemy surrounding you uh, has that seed.
2: But in the defense of that idea if you go back through the old testament over and over again the hebrews would allow different tribes to merge with their tribes and so that's where you can see god has mercy on those who abstained from the evil of, evils of the land for example there's an entire book the book of joshua yeah, right yeah 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 no, joshua I... was what he was not hebrew right he was a kenizzite right so he's from the West Side. Yeah, he wasn't even. Yeah, yeah, he's West. Oh. Yeah, he's West Side. No, <laughs> 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 he wasn't even a Hebrew. Okay, so his people were brought in to the Hebrew tribe, and 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 they were accepted as Hebrew and yeah. became part of the Hebrews. So, if you look at the Old Testament, those who abstained from the evils of the land were brought into the Hebrew tribes and, ex- and accepted as their own people. Because Joshua was considered one of the greatest of the heroes of old. In fact, Joshua means savior, right? Did you know that if you take Joshua and put it in the New Testament, Joshua is actually Jesus? Jesus, yeah. It's the same name, Yehoshua, same name.
1: I get it. And, uh, you know, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm molder from x files I want to believe huh. I'm yeah. telling you that <laughs> I'm just saying however it's 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 rather convenient for the people of the Old Testament as they're conquering lands it really works on their advantage if other people are not human therefore you can take what you need yeah. and disregard what you don't need yeah but but right? the
2: the the peoples in the Old Testament that are listed as cohabiting with the sons of God I know are the ones that get wiped out the ones that don't cohabit ultimately do get a lot of times brought in to the Hebrew people mm-hmm. and they end up uh you know getting absorbed as Hebrews so and in that in that aspect they're not really losing their quote unquote you know you know uh, culture what they're doing is they're getting absorbed and becoming more part of that culture of the people who believe in righteousness. I am loving the new season of X Files, by the way. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, no I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I hear what yeah. you're saying. And again, it's the it's a piece that I feel like I have to, uh, you know, it, it, from a morality standpoint. If I'm to find any sense of, I, I can only view it from my perspective. I that's the No matter how much I read about their culture and their context, I've only experienced my own context. Yeah. So I could only view it from my own, as much as I try to understand that I, I know that I won't get it. So the only way that I could cling and hang on to it, I feel like is the whole Nephilim piece. If that falls apart, I you won't you won't even see me reading the Old Testament. Yeah. I don't want to.
2: And yet I find that to be the intrinsic part of the Old Testament.
1: There you go. Right. It's one extreme to the other. Yeah. I mean and, and ironically where, where does George fit in though?
2: Before yeah. Before before Augustine, that was the thought process. And in the eastern side, it never they never lost that. It's the Western view of theology that after Augustine, everybody accepted it was a, a quote unquote set view. Yeah. Um in our future podcast, I'm trying to bring um uh Dr. Heiser and we'll give a much more in depth explanation into that.
1: I'm sure he'll whoop me up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he, and Brian got, uh, uh Brian Godawa did a uh, a great job. Of he, that did, as well. he did He yeah. did.
1: And you know these were issues I didn't bring up then, out of respect and fairness to, out of him. But it, th- during his talk, I certainly thought it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and and again, the reason why I still to this day it's a struggle for me, is again because I I don't feel like a lot of these things are just lost in their times, when I look at the same nation today uh, that we call Israel still fighting these same nations from thousands of years ago, I'm following their theology. You know what I mean? Do they still think these people all around them are not human? You know? And if and if you did, let's just, you know, just follow my crazy thought here. If you did and they're not human, and if there's a part of them that, you know, you, you say, well, you know what, these people aren't part of our tribe how much easier it is to just invade or, or to conquer or or to drop bombs or whatever it is and just to say you know it's a lot easier when you have that kind of rationale yeah I just it's true. That, that's it's just that's my mindset yeah yeah that's true
0: I, I can see how that's definitely can be dangerous i I'm not one that totally subscribes to the Nephilim theory. Like I, I understand it. I, oh, it's saying, set fight. I, I, I believe <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying like I I, I guess I'm an easy sale for God, you know, to where if he <laughs> says he has something to do and I'm like, all yeah. right then, let's do this and uh so I, I don't think at that time Sodom and Gomorrah I could be wrong. I don't think that was because Abraham the Jewish society wasn't even established yet at that point, you know, point. so it wasn't the Jews that attacked Simon Mori, it was God directly. And again, I, I just kind of go back to was it a lesson? And who was it a lesson for? It's probably a lesson for most people, you know, like whether it happened or not, even isn't a, a point for me. It's more like, do you, will you look back, you know, at something, your sin, your drug of choice, you know, which could paralyze, which could be detrimental, mm-hmm. which could kill you? You know, like like I tell my kid to get out of the road, and he doesn't immediately listen to me. He's dead. Yeah. You know, my One dog, chance. if I don't call my dog, and he keeps looking at that other dog running across the street, he's dead. Point well you taken. know, so I think there's One a, lot of, a lot of things, yeah. you know. So I take that as, as more like something that will stand the test of time and teach every single generation. So so read it, get what you, you need out of it, and then, and then dive deeper, you know. So I think it will speak to the skeptic and the yeah. skeptic alike. If you let it,
1: I yeah, you know, to yeah, I concur with that. I don't need necessarily any of the Old Testament to be historically proven yeah. for me to gain some kind of truth out of it. It's hard to find the truth out of it, is what I'm <laughs> saying for me. And I think that's what you know, George is trying to say. It's for me to even get a nugget of morality of truth. It's far easier the New Testament it's it's hard, yeah, okay, yeah, it's a lot easier in the New Testament, hmm. so the rub comes from the two melting together, it's I like, had wait the opposite, a
0: minute man, the Old Testament saved me honestly. First New testament I met. the New Testament, I'm sort of like, yeah, I get it, this is all, <laughs> yeah, I love each other, I mean, yeah, I mean, what's the question, but
2: to actually
0: <laughs> to actually learn to question what I thought was right and into put God above me rather than because I my problem was I and not to get on a soapbox, but I invented my own God and followed my own God. So it was like whatever I thought. Which really in essence makes me God, right? You know, if if I'm saying, Well, you know, seems like gays are happy when they're married, so it must be right. Um, I I'm I'm using my perception to judge right and wrong and, and I Realized, You know, that's that's not the case. I'm
1: not... I don't get... How do you... Because uh, I'd like to look at it through your point of view from the Old Testament. How, how did that save you? How do you get it?
0: Because it was so far out of my comfort zone as far as away from letting everybody be happy. Um, it was so much like, oh my God, you know, this, this God is way more drastic than I thought he was. I thought he was simply do good to everybody and everybody should be happy and it then everything scare you is safe.
1: that what you mean like it scared you into believing that
0: honestly my first reaction was to walk away from christianity my first reaction i committed- well, okay
1: that's where we part ways though because i don't yeah. look at the old testament as christianity yeah i I, believe- and I have to get that in the open okay. i don't and neither okay. do jews and if a stream never rises right. higher right. than its source then we need to consider that because orthodox jews do not view the new testament as any kind of sacred scripture like we do. So we put the two together. They don't. But yet we pull their sources. So that's where the rub, I always feel, comes into play.
0: They don't... Orthodox Jews, mm-hmm. which are what? What's the difference between a Jew and an Orthodox
1: Jew? R- Rabbinic Judaism as a whole do not... Uh, they for... don't
3: recognize the New Testament as anything scriptural.
1: The New Testament?
0: Yes. They only... Re- not the, not only re- the only
3: the re- only recognize the Torah. Well, right, the Old Testament. Depends on what the Old Yeah. So, so why?
0: Judaism. So you're saying the stream never rides. So the Torah is the source.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we should, as Christians.
1: Wait, I'm not saying Torah is the source. All
0: right, that's what I'm
1: asking. I'm saying if we consider the Torah is the source, then that's that's where I I'm like I I don't really get how you could be safe from that because when i look at christianity i'm looking at someone who follows the teachings of christ christian christianity like you follow the teachings and you live the way christ taught us to live that's that's my that's it that's my view of christianity
0: yeah see i was opposite like honestly i think the old testament speaks so much more to christianity to me because it was like everybody who god chose ended up not really (laughs) living a, a great life and and like I feel like that's that should be we shouldn't really care about where we end up as much as we should care about our contributions that we make. You know, we shouldn't be about hey this hurts this doesn't hurt. We should be about this is impactful this isn't impactful. You know, and to me the change it shook me up mm-hmm. to where I didn't think I had to be happy. My happiness was no more the forefront. My owning three pairs of shoes was never was no longer my goal you know so to me I think it speaks so much and i liked I liked the consequence you know like i I'm more of a consequential person that, that inspires mm-hmm. me and um and knowing that if I look back that's it you know i I, I have to get this right as much as I can I, I think that's inspiring I think motivating yeah Does that make you're like a
1: masochist might
0: assume, <laughs> I'm <laughs> submissive. That's the thing, man. I want him to be in control, honestly.
1: And by the way, rab- rabbis are very offended by the word Old Testament.
0: Oh, huh? really? Yes. I can see that.
1: It's Torah. Because Old Testament means... That the to them simple. there is no New Testament. Right. right. Oh, okay. I <laughs> I, I'm fine calling so, it Torah. <laughs> but again, that's where the whole conflicting part comes into play, because we view it all as... Uh, we want to view it, I don't know why, sometimes, we want to view it all as some seamless ideological construct of things. And for me, when George, when you look at the God of the Old Testament and you look at Jesus in the New Testament, what do you see?
4: Oh, like how brutal the old one was and
1: the new one's kind of more... Is that what you're getting at? It's day and light, right? Yeah, right. So... I mean, it, it, I would imagine most people could see that, you know, I. so it, it is, it, it's I mean, conflicting. I, some people have
2: seen that, as we get the, uh, the demure, right? The hmm. demure inside the um, philosophical content would there be the contrast between the rageful God and the sympathetic God, right? So... That, and that, that parlayed very heavily into Greek philosophy. But, believe it or not, it does parlay nicely once you look at the rebellions across the New Testament. Not just human, but divine. Mm-hmm. And when you look at those, I mean, they were heavily stated across, even the Torah, right? Uh, from Genesis to Deuteronomy, um, going into the Psalms, it does speak heavily of the divine rebellion, yeah, against the Creator.
1: I yeah, no heavily.
2: I, I agree because God created a a spiritual family and a physical family, and there's rebellions on both sides. It's not His fault. He created both on both sides. He created free mm-hmm. will. They both had a chance to choose.
3: Yeah. So no, I
1: I I do agree with that, and I see that point. I even take it a step further. I, you know, I would almost feel like, oh, aha, it's a slam dunk. You know, look at the God of the Old Testament. Look at the God of the New Testament. Completely different. Completely opposite. Until I find out that Christ is quoting the Old Testament
2: all the time, and, that, and when He's not quoting the New, the Old Testament, it, He's quoting
1: the Apocrypha. You know, it it he threw a jab at me and made me step back. You know, so I don't really know what to do with the whole piece yet. All I know is that, man, I have some serious conflictions there.
0: you think just Jesus talked about it from a different angle where the Old Testament is more like, uh, don't do this or else? <laughs> and Jesus is like, do this because. You know what I mean? They're they're <laughs> saying kind of the same thing, just coming at it from different angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a yeah, 2,000-year yeah, difference in messaging – you know, I feel like advertisements should change a little bit, you know what I mean? I, I agree, I agree. <laughs> and so there was a different context then, too. Like, the, the slavery and everything was a whole different story, you know? I, like, they, they weren't wandering around the desert anymore. hmm They actually had established territory. I mean, they were owned by, by things, but it's different.
1: hmm Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well,
2: I think this has been a good podcast. We've... Uh, Probably not answered all of George's questions yet, which is good because we want free future episodes of Skeptic Skeptic's Corner.
4: There we go. No problem. Well, I'll just continue reading and I'll just keep highlighting my questions. Wait a minute. You're
1: not ready to say the sinner's prayer? Beautiful. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Repaint thinner.
2: <laughs> I think we've uh, tickled some good subject matter. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. And we'll expand upon that in future episodes of not just skeptics corner but our usual you know episodes and bringing good guests um but hey it was fun uh mike
0: you can find us on uh social media twitter google plus all, all the networks major networks we're out there definitely encourage your participation um i think we brought a lot to the table tonight and, and we'd love to hear your input
3: Kelvin had a great time. It's good to be back, and I look forward to the future. Thank you. Good night.
1: Adios. That's a racial slur. <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> good
3: night, everybody. You got a lot of editing.